Keats and Chapman once climbed Vesuvius and stood looking down into the volcano, watching the bubbling lava and considering the sterile ebullience of the stony entrails of the earth. Chapman shuddered as if with cold or fear. Will you have a drop at the crater? Keats said. Gino sapotinid, rugo sapotinid, pashto sapotinid, foster sapotin. Agas in chinor kayawid, who the she's g jowl go hifron sapotin. That's holy water, by the way. Our lord water, blessed by this gentleman. They just say too much. He'll tell you, he's the, he's the expert. The first time I've ever taken Fortune, so cheers. Well, I'd advise you to take it slowly if, if you'll take out the advice from a fool. It's something like vodka, isn't it? <laughs> I see now. It <laughs> I'd say it's, it's more a little more. Like good pudding is a little more potent than vodka. Yeah, but that's similar to Tis, same taste. Same, same look. Yes. Yes. Actually, it's raw alcohol. <laughs> Oh, I think it's five pounds now, is it? No, two pounds a bottle. No, mm. there's no inflation in our part of the world. That's, That's right. right. Oh, no, no, no. Or full bottle, lemonade, bottle. 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 Mm. Yeah. Ty Justice, Clonbannon County Cork, a weightlifter who will shortly wrestle in the United States, told District Justice O'Connell in Cantor Court that he rubbed Putchin into his muscles to keep him warm for competitions. I have heard of it being rubbed on greyhounds, but not on athletes until today, said the District Justice. A lot has been said about athletes taking drugs to improve their performances, but at least using Pochine is something new. Pochine is Ireland's illicit whisky. No one can say for certain when men began to distill it, but the revenue commissioners signalled an all-out attack on the Pochine makers in the middle of the 17th century. The battle has lasted a few centuries, and the final victory has yet to be won. In the intervening years, the Mountain Dew has been the lonely man's mistress, the walking man's reward, the poor man's whiskey. Prince of visions, dreams, hallucinations and delusions. Ghosts, banshees, leprechauns and fairies are deeply in its debt. White horses and headless coaches have appeared at its bidding. It has fired men to sing its praise in song. It has stoked the fires of passion, stimulating love and hate. Under its influence men have loved, fought and died. But it has other aspects. A source of income for the poorest of the poor. A cure for illness. A fiery curtain of oblivion against centuries of misery, poverty and oppression. A fire in the gut to give a man a temporary sense of independence and individuality. It appeared at births, deaths and marriages. Bringing a sparkle to an otherwise gloomy and monotonous existence. And today the tradition continues. The distiller has more modern and sophisticated equipment. Whether the final product is better or not is another matter. Some say it is. Others claim that the people in Connemara now use it as a substitute for Parazone. At any rate, the Pochine maker has always liked wild terrain with turf and water close at hand. Now that it is extremely cold and wind is blowing and it's raining and we're in a boat travelling out on a boat now we're approaching the island and on the island uh, 
there are people making the Mountain Dew or, or the Pochin or Dirtha. This boat we're in is a um, large boat, blue in colour, and it's being rowed out by a man out to the island. We approach the island. There are little houses on the island. right up now. There's a little key also for the boat. You can hear the sound of the oars now being pulled. So we pull into the little key, which is very sheltered. It's not as cold anymore now. It's not as cold as it was out in the middle of the lake anyway. Coming up to the little slip now. Now here we're on the outside of the shed and there's a strong smell of beer spirits being distilled and smoke rising from the bowels here. It's raining and one barrel is being emptied into another in a bucket. There's smoke rising from the barrels. Inside in the shed here, it's very dark in here, and the sound that we hear is the sound of gas and of the, the pochine actually boiling, and that there's a strong smell of barley extremely warm in here as opposed to outside where, the, where, where it is very cold. It's a small little shed, very compact and all along by the walls there are barrels. Some of them I'm sure full of pochine, others in which the uh, pochine has been, has been distilled. In Chinese, those that have since made a Kurmudishki stair on some water, August Fahan Made. Ancient Kurmudian Tishkima had a dow, August Mohomidow, Shantamogos Buddha Wofa. The Vincia Mohtan, Kotki was all the winds and the winds bright. Ancient Kurmudist, Hunt Gold, August K. Chukro. There has since made in Chinoyan that come at three law three or four, the great Mudrago and your patine. Shendu 
Tashashin Rolodil, Mount Tunimco, when he ate two lot when Long Mercong, Tadagon to Machin. Tashalodil. Told me she would have won eggs. You more on a dog, Merona, an all in Glenero, Nivenian and Shulish Halodishin. I was Mark Lagan Chedeshin. Never did a banana, because neither more on Galon, I used to notice. I don't play cards with a man unless you knew his mother. But it's, I think the same thing goes with Pachin. If you knew the man and knew his background, and you got good Pachin, I've had Pachin of, of um, uh, all sorts of varieties, you know, but you can really get good stuff. A uh, very dear deceased Irish author used to provide me with uh, Porygog O'Connor to wit with the most excellent stuff that he got from somewhere in the West. But not only that, I still have an ox's horn that he gave me. And you were to drink it out of the ox's horn. It just holds about a small one and a half. And he said, that's the real taste gone, not out of a glass at all, but with the potting into the ox's horn. I never noticed that it did anything much. Maybe it does do something to the flavour. <laughs> Yeah, it tastes good. It smells good, doesn't it? It's very clear. It's like you're... <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That Galway stuff. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's very clear. <coughs> Gets the back of the throat. <laughs> that's good, though, mind you. There's no... <coughs> Sometimes you get it with a sort of a... Sediment. A gritty thing in it, you know, which, is, which isn't good in Galarus or Riddle. Is that the potion city? Maridi Quichanki Supula Orlaise Chekas of Nehisha Agishan The glass retort was set up with the flaming bunsen underneath, and as the liquid was boiling, the stream was trapped in a long-necked flask on which I sponged cold water. With our eyes, we followed the bubbling mixture and the steam turning into drops and dripping rapidly into the flask. The air was filled with the biscuity smell, and the only sound was the snore of the Bunsen. Outside was the cold air and the falling snow. Presently, the master turned out the gas and held up the flask containing the clear water. As pure as crystal, he said, and we watched him pour some of it into a tumbler, 
hold it in his delicate fingers and put it to his lips. With wonder we watched him drink it, and then our eyes travelled to the dirty, cakey scum that had congealed on the glass sides of the retort. He pointed at this with his ruler. The impurities are sifted out, and the purest of pure water remains. And for some reason, he gave his roguish smile. <laughs> Tam blas tair erigedr de tashagutono. Ni blas fushke na pachine tair. A blas mstofoni hebristofoni tawakhre elia liab stofniorna. No stofoni khotke vishet khotfadoy. Tashet kristofini tin shergut gergulior lior galone vakob elinier fushin tashedigina. Agas shineta fagalon fatingu don gustashe kushin kontrtiklena olak dene be chapunche. I must say the nearest I ever came to it was uh, Jackie McGowan, God rest him, was over making a film with, so I think it was the time they were making A Quiet Man or something like that, and he brought back a lot of stuff with him, and I remember having quite a night with Jack on this. The only trouble was that we'd been having a good dinner before that and had drank some brandy after dinner, and then had some of this stuff on top of it, and uh, I would never want to feel that way again. One sure thing it. It would do was that it, it would stop you drinking for a month afterwards because even the sight of a bottle of stout, you began to feel not so much intoxicated as just downright ill. Stop that. Ah. Now, uh, have a look at it from the point of view of, oh, of purity. Right. Right. Right-oh. That's the test always. Clock out a minute if some of them put into what you call bluestone, some of them put it into. No bluestone. No, nothing no. like that, no. Pardon. And it's very clear now. It is. Mm. Um, they tell me that uh, since they use sugar, that sometimes a brown sediment appears after it's about six months. It's not too good either, they say. Oh? 
That's all right. That's lighting, isn't it? It is more or less. Blue flame. That's right. The Shebeen is the distribution centre. In the past, it was an unlicensed pub, where people could meet, drink, sing and dance. Today, because of the increased mobility of police, the Shebeen is simply an outlet, a Pochine off-licence. The Shebeen keeper may or may not also be the local distiller. This is this is the place, is it? We're here, we're here now. This is the Shebeen. I did the engine running a minute ago. Do you flash the lights there now? Right. Any sign of life in there? No. Where's well, somebody at the window there? Curtain slip. So you can switch off the lights now. when I was young, I danced and sung and drank good whiskey too. Each a bean shop that kept a drop of the real old mountain dew. With a putching still on every hill, the peelers had no call. Round Sweet Stradone I am well known, round Levy and Grouse Hall. On the other side, they... Negative side, it was, uh, there was no restriction on it. Say, a half a dozen men would go into a sheep inn at eight o'clock at night and they could drink on till morning. And, of course, that couldn't be good for their bodies. Uh, furthermore, in the sheep inns, I saw a very bad effect on certain children. They were eternally watching out for police, watching out for this, that and the other, and I'm afraid I have to say they were trained to tell lies from a very early period. And then, something else. This thing called Spiadoric uh, uh, and the Informer are two very bad words in English and Irish, in, in Ireland and the Irish context. And I noticed this. Supposing you were making putin, and yours truly, I'd be jealous of you. And I'd write to the local police. And as they say in the West of Ireland, report you. And you probably would do it to me. So then the common enemy had us, etc. To assist the revenue was a perilous matter. In 1817, an Inishowen family, supposed to be informers, narrowly escaped with their lives when their house was burnt down. Some years earlier, a Clareman, thought to have informed on his distilling neighbours, 
was used in a shocking manner, having one of his ears or the part of his cheek cut off, his head shockingly battered, and his body and limbs lacerated all over. The Sheebeen houses could get a little bit violent and in fact I know a man, a newspaper man now retired, he's living over in Sligo who told me a rather gruesome story about a fellow leaving a Sheebeen house over in the Sligo area and on the way home he just walks over the edge of a cliff you know, he was so demented on this stuff. And there is no question or doubt about it that the drinking of, you know, pretty raw spirits must have led to some ferocious drunken scenes and some diabolical hangovers. I wouldn't like to have a potching hangover. The sad side of things, I uh, remember a very young fellow, 21 years of age, who died as, as a result of drinking this stuff. He arrived home from England on the day before Christmas Eve. That night, he decided to go to the local Shebeen for a drink. There were no public houses in the place at the time. At least there, were, there was only one full-time functioning public house, where there are now six. And uh, he, before going out, he gave his mother something like £20. Didn't see himself shot, naturally, for the Christmas. The night was a very bad night, pouring rain. He wasn't seen again until he was found lying dead on the side of the road, halfway, about halfway between his own house and this particular Sheebeen on the following morning. And a peculiar thing about it, even though the night was wet, his clothes were completely dry. Uh, the true story of what actually happened may never have come out, but it's believed that uh, he actually died in the Sheebeen and that uh, every penny he had was taken from him. Uh, post-mortem revealed that he died as a result of asphyxiation. Oh, whiskey or the devil, you're driving me astray over hills and mountains unto America. You're stronger, nicer, decenter, you're spunkier, nor tay. Oh, whiskey or me darling, drunk or sober. The cold blasts of Puritanism that blew across the country in the early decades of the new state caught the fire under the Pochin still. The church called it the devil's brew and traced the sins of the congregation to the bottle of fiery liquid. 
Well, that very famous man, Antara Conila Azari, he went all over Kona Man, he began in 31. And he gave with Antara Guida, another gentleman, and they gave a series of missions. They gave them in Kerry, they gave them in Connemara, they gave them in Donegal, they also gave them in Scotland. But at that time, Pochino's rampant everywhere. You know, in certain dioceses of reserve sin, very much so in Donegal, and I believe for a while in Galway. But anyway, at that period, from Antara Connell's point of view, to make Pochin, to drink it, was worse than to, to, to commit the chief sexual sin in Ireland in the past, which was that one that you know well. Uh, but this, this one was worse. And he used to make people come up to the altar at the end of the mission. He'd hold the cross in his hands and he'd call upon them to promise Nak Noladish Pachin, Nak Nyiladish Pachin, Nak Nyiladish Pachin, Nak Makbaint Na Part Na Lavishtaka Kapla Pachin. And in many places, Winkaro is one, Spittle is another, another in Arden, Rasmuk another, and there are other places where the, uh, the crush uh, uh, Vishun, as he called it. Uh, the effects were beautiful. I remember in Rusmuk in 31. It was the first day, by the way, I ever took Pachin. The teachers were called upon. Oh, yes, Father Kneel was, was a man of great influence on the people, and he frightened the lives out of them. And all those who were making Pachin, they brought in their implements. They brought in the para, the malt, which is, ha- say, half-made Pachin. They brought in bottles of Pachin, and the national teachers were called upon to burn the idols on the Sunday before they were going. And I remember I lived beside a shop here called Sean Awalia, a very, very nice man long since dead. And I owed him five or six pounds. And I went in to pay it. And uh, Johnny called me into the, shed, uh, into the uh, sitting room to give me a drink. And he says, Kia man at Parliament not put in. Don't miss your put in. Because I was going over to burn it. And I did it as a protest. The first time in my life I took a drop of put in. I rode, went over my bicycle. And the teachers of the congregation were all there. And Father Kneel made a great sermon. I remember every word of it. So we got the order to ignite, and I remember I did so uh, on and, and, and a, a, a big vessel of Pachin. By the way, my match went out and didn't light, etc., etc., etc. But anyway, most of it was got rid of. And they had to swear or semi-swear or give that solemn promise that they have nothing to do with it. And then, of course, there were funerals. And uh, at the funeral, you'll go in and you get a glass of whiskey and you put a half-crown on the plate. So they didn't go in and the half-crowns didn't go on the plate. And within six months, the clergy dispensed uh, the funeral, so you could have it at the funeral. It's all in my kitchen, one of the best stories I heard was from Michael J. Murphy. Once again, you know when they made Pachin making a reserved sin up in my diocese, the Dairy Diocese? They had the old story about the two men who cycled from Greencastle in the Spurrens up to Derry to go to confession to the bishop. 
And the penance he imposed on the two of them were that they weren't to speak to each other all the way back to Greencastle, so they had to cycle all the way back in silence. But there was an old, literally was an old man up there in the mountains, and when it was made a reserved sin, he was a potching maker, but he was also pious. And he had a bottle up in the thatch of his his house, and he wouldn't touch it, because apparently it was a reserved sin, I gather, too, even to transport the stuff. Like, if I carried a keg of it from here to there, I was a reserved sinner. Uh, whatever exactly that is. But... Um, this old chap wouldn't allow anybody to touch the stuff that was in the thatch. And he fell ill, he was bedridden, and from his bed he could see the stuff in the thatch, and he wouldn't let anybody touch it, because it was a sin to touch it. So somebody said to him, we'll drink it at your wake, to him once, which I thought was rather unkind remark, and they did too. They t- took it down out of the thatch and drank it. Symbolism could be a powerful weapon when composing the poetry of Putchin. Never was it more lyrical than when summoned by the Clare poet Sean O'Shanachain who likened the elixir to a dark, slender boy on Buchel Kale Dove. The dark, slender boy is tall and festive, clever and learned, of comely mien. "'Tis he who has afflicted me and ruined me for life "'and left me impoverished. "'If I were to go to France or the harbour of Hoth "'or thence at a bound to Inishmore, "'the wretch would come panting after me "'were I to be away from him for a single hour of the day.'" What is the story of the Spittle Cross? Well, the story I heard, it was Colin McLaughlin had the story, the, the Redemptress of that big cross put up, and the theory was that repentant potching makers were supposed to come and put their machinery there, the worm and such. And there was one terrible hard case who wouldn't repent at all, but they finally got around to him and he repented, and he came in to put his his worm at the foot of the Spittle Cross, and when he looked around, there were lots of worms and the general thing lying around there. And he saw a better apparatus than the one he had himself. So he, he weakened again and he went away with the better apparatus, having left his own at the foot of the cross. Well, <laughs> Patrick McGill's comic novel, Lante Hanlon. Uh, I always think of it as if the playboy of the Western world had taken over and written the play himself. It's a very good comic novel about this wild big Donegal man who's filled with... It's a sort of parody on the whole uh, Irish development schemes and all this sort of thing and the inherent crack in the Irish nature that makes all these things end up in deplorable failure. Lanty has plans for everything, but there's always some disaster that overtakes his plans just before they come to fulfilment. And... uh, the old woman and one of the old women in the story say, of course, the result, the reason for this is that he was baptised in Potching because the stillers were being chased by the police on the day that the baby was being brought 
to be baptised and not knowing where to put the stuff they filled the holy water barrel in the church with parching and when the baby was brought along he was baptised in the stuff which according to this old lady accounted for the disaster that always overtook his best laid schemes. Prior to the establishment of the Free State the Pochine maker was flaunting British law and there was widespread sympathy for him. Some of this was understandable. The she-bean keeper, the distributor, the barley grower and the pochine drinker all had a vested interest in the good fortune of the distiller. He was also admired for his craft and his crime was only tax-dodging on a rather minor scale. And it was not unknown in the 18th century for an over-officious gauger, the revenue officer of the time, to permanently disappear in the mountains while searching for a still. Many of today's Gardaí take a more sensible approach. They carry out a few raids around Christmas, and photographs of them destroying stills and spilling barrels of wash appear in the local newspapers. Pictures in the local papers are very important. However, some maintain that the best connoisseur of Pochin is often the local Garda. But the Pochin maker is breaking the law, and the guard has to do his duty. I remember another occasion uh, searching a particular house and uh, I was warned to be careful going into a particular room there was a child asleep in a bed anyhow I decided to have a look at the baby and I found the baby was in a jar two gallons of putting nicely wrapped that was the child that was in it we plan on the ancient the child of Nero the Hidwawah um Finnishke <laughs> No work at all would be done that day, and the children would go up to the highest hill to watch for the guards. After the raiders had left empty-handed, the people used to laugh and joke into the night about how some of the guards stood on the top of the very spot where the still was buried. At Christmas, all sorts of people used to come up the mountain looking for a drop. Solicitors, court clerks, bank managers and TDs if you wanted the TDs to do anything for you, you just had to give them a bottle of pochine. It was better than any sum of money. This fellow walked into a still house one night and uh, was actually running at the time. Played it very cool, so he just got a little glass, took a drop of the thusafata, as it's called. It was coming out of the drip at the time. Sampled it. And he says, it's brand brain and town, it's more of a leg Oh, they're going to tax the brandy ale and whiskey, rum and wine. They'll tax the tea and sugar, the tobacco, snuff and pipes. They're going to tax the fish that swim and all the birds that fly. And they're going to tax the women who go drinking on the sly. Ah, well, the first time I saw it, made was, I was very young. Indeed, I was uh, only about 15 years age when I saw a man making it. And I sort of was gathered up the trade. And then again in later days, I tried it myself. And uh, I, I was fairly successful. Went on for quite a while, but then uh, the law got after me a wee bit. 
So they give me a wee bit of a caution. They, they, they put me inside for a while. I got a wee bit of a rest. They weren't too hard on me after all. Uh, three months. I think it's strange how times have changed so very much of late. Coercion now is all the row with the pillars at the gate. To take a glass is now, alas, the greatest crime of all. Since Balfour placed that hungry beast, the sergeant in Grouse Hall. In fact, there was a fellow newspaper man of mine, Michael O'Halloran, now in England, who was looking for a bottle one Sunday, for a friend, a visitor too, and was told, well, if you're passing through a certain town in the West, you can stop at such and such a house and pick up the bottle. Uh, the such and such a house happened to be the guard's barracks where he picked up the bottle for the visitor. The British Imperial Government failed to put down Poitiers. The Republican government of 1919-1921 went at it in a big way. They failed. All Mr Cosgrove's government of the Free State failed ingloriously. De Valera's government fell to pieces on it. And I'd swear the coalition today can't solve it. And Richie Rank can do nothing about it. <laughs> Church or state. Priest, gauger, or IC men or Garda. The Pochine maker lives on. People are always condemning it. The church condemned it. Naturally, the state condemned it, uh, losing money. And, of course, from a social point of view, people had to be critical of it also. But the first thing I must say on the positive side was that it saved lives. While the Great Flu was on in 1918, it saved people's lives over there. It also then had this effect that it gave a certain amount of money to certain people, the people who made it, who were poverty-stricken. And the people who sold it um, also, I mean, the she-beans made a little money on it, Although people always say this, they're a shanuckle about it. Among themselves, that putting making was never lucky and the people never made money on it. Inishtam unclean will course the law in the hoida, mother lab, Gilakan putting. Well, in so many years, you all have putting, taken over, not you and putting. A whole my garden are done when she needed order on toll, good journal. Russia come hard, there was not a lad's over, Mac, when you cannot. it's now dark, about six o'clock. Darkness has fallen and we're leaving the island. Pochin making is over for the day. We've been rowed back to the mainland. It's extremely cold. 
the rain has stopped, but it's extremely cold, black, bitter winter day, and the poutine making is over.